podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Why are Dutch flies always exhausted? Because they never land. <laughs> I had to tell a joke about something Dutch, didn't I? I enjoyed the little bit, like the S at the end. It's almost as if well, you'd forgotten. And you so I, really I, I, it was meant to be fly singular. <laughs> he never lands. <laughs> Instead of why are all Dutch flies. So I just had to ad lib on the spot. Um, which, to be honest with you, probably made it funnier. <laughs> Medes, you've been, you haven't said a, you haven't, you haven't said a word. I, I liked it. I just also am finding it. <laughs> absolutely hilarious that you screwed it up yeah yeah i know i had it written right there as well i just read it wrong um so that went well i don't know if it's just because i'm really tired but i found that hilarious no, <clears> I, so i'm gonna I give think... you a nine mate i'm gonna give you a nine that's a nine. Oh my word you are tired <laughs> loved it i mean that's Medis, have, have i gone too high medicine no I, I i think that's that's fair that's it was simple effective i liked that and and it kind of saves saves Nate because he's had a shocker where he broke his mic in Abu yeah, Dhabi. So if, I, if I if I sound less clear than usual, guys, it's because I'm I'm recording off my Mac, which is not not ideal. What what less I'm really hoping ideal. really hoping is that people will actually have not quite heard it, and now they're going to be frantically re-listening, trying to work out what <laughs> the punchline is. Just, um, it was a strong strong start. I liked that. Welcome to The Paddock, a podcast featuring stories following Formula One around the world. I'm Lawrence Brete, senior writer at F1.com. And I'm Chris Medland, F1 correspondent at Racer. And I'm Nate Saunders from ESPN.com. Wow. It's back to normal. I'm looking at Nate with a woolly hat on and a broken microphone. <laughs> I'm looking at Bretto <laughs> smiling away in his office. Uh, and I'm still here. They left me. You both Are you left in the me. same hotel room we recorded in the other day? No, no, I've upgraded. I've, I've balled oh. out for the test. I'm back in the the W hotel that's over the track. Oh, hello. So uh, yeah, that is that is a baller move. Anyone anyone who has seen the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix will have seen the W hotel in all of, all of its uh, rather suggestively shaped grandeur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. It looks like it looks like something, doesn't it? What does it look like, Lawrence? Uh, I, I, I I don't know. I I don't know how to. Matters. What does it look like? <laughs> Uh, it looks like a penis, Nate. Yes, it does. Why didn't Why didn't Lawrence say that? That's weird. He just can't say that word. He's too. He's too. <laughs> he's too. <pure>. He's too. <laughs> it's F one. He's not allowed to say it. F one. Yeah. F one contract. I'm banned. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not for Karis. It's like well, the Jed. I don't know if I am. It's like the Jed Cornish circuit. Looked like a sperm. Wow. Oh, I didn't guys, guys. Yeah. Go and have a look at it. Now, again. go and have a look at the circuit map. That's. Uh... Anyway. Wow. I feel like the tone has dropped dramatically. Welcome back to the <laughs> battle, mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I, uh, although I have background noise, which I don't think I can any, anyone can hear, but I can hear racing cars right now, which is great. That's cool. Um, I like that. I like that people would have logged into this pod. Like, yeah, I want to get to the bottom of what happened in Abu Dhabi, and we've already <laughs> mentioned penis and sperm <laughs> twice. I'm I kind of feel like racing. that's what they would have expected, though. Yeah, maybe. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. <laughs> Probably going to be on this. Yeah. Yeah. 
What was it? Where's, um, so we don't have a new review, but what was the review from last week? I can find that very quickly. It, it grows on you. And it's the bit where that they said, one. yeah, I kept waiting for the chat to finish and the content to start, and it took a while before I really understanding that it never does. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what is happening here. So, but, but, real content, pure content, proper content that everyone really does want, and they'll want it this week, I'm pretty sure, is this. If you've only got one minute to spare, wanna know who finished when and where, sit back, relax, cause we got you here's Nate with the 60 second review. Hello, this is my review for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, where people were either wildly angry or wildly happy with joy. No middle ground. Here we go. Me, 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 first place. Oh my lord, Max! It's Max Verstappen, the new world champion. I'd say pretty, pretty damn lucky on the day, uh, but a deserving world champion. Pretty much the opposite for Lewis. So, so unlucky. Uh, and deserved it on that on the basis of that performance alone. Uh, but he'll live to fight another day. Carlos Sainz in third. Sweet Carlos Sainz. Look who's in fourth. It's the Pad Hog approved Yuki Tsunoda ahead of, you guessed it, Gasly. We love Gasly. Sixth position. I thought it was nice of Alfa Romeo to give Valtteri Bottas their car one race early. Uh, because that for Alfa... Wait. Oh, he was driving for the Mercedes. And he finished... Oh. That's surprising. Uh, I'm going to rattle through the next names. Norris, Alonso, Ocon, Leclerc, Vettel, Ricardo, Stroll, Schumacher... To get to the best defender since Paolo Maldini, one half of the 2021 Drivers' Champion. It's Sergio Perez. And behind him was the kingmaker, not George Russell. It was Nicholas Latifi. Look, kids, he's a good guy. He's a nice man. He just made a mistake. Uh, and to be honest with you, a lifetime supply of Red Bull, that doesn't sound that nice to me. So double, double bad for, for Nicholas. That was a frantically done review. Uh, just before we started recording, because I thought my well, my mic was broken, is broken, shall be broken forever. Um, I had I had some other things in mind, which I will do sporadically through the episode. Ooh. Just to let you know. Oh, this is. You, you, you got a taste of it, Matt. in the the media sense, didn't you? I did. <laughs> you did. It was so memorable. Medis is forgotten. You did. Did I? Wow. You did. <laughs> oh, Do you remember God. I said that there, there, is, there is a phrase that people have used this year, all year, and they use it so often? <laughs> no, so, I really have no idea. I can't remember. I, well, feel like, actually... I feel like it's there somewhere that you, there was something yeah. you said that was exciting okay. to just, talk about. Just say, we'll, we'll, we'll set this up. You say, uh, what do you think of Max versus Lewis this year? Just, just say it, and then I'll go. I'll, I'll do what I'll do what I was doing in the press room. Nate, yes. What do you think of Max versus Lewis this year? Good for the sport. Good for the sport. Good for the sport. <laughs> and now ask me, ask me about the penalties that we've seen this year. Um, Nate, what do you think of the penalties we have seen this year? Bad for the sport. Bad for the sport. Bad for the sport. Wow. <laughs> It was, I don't it, really know what's happening here. <laughs> it was funnier in the press room. Uh, Lawrence Edmondson and Ben Hunt found it very funny. But that probably says it all, doesn't it? That me, him, the three of us found it funny when we were delirious in Abu Dhabi. Um, anyway, sorry, I just derailed my own review, didn't I? You did slightly. What did you think of it? We'll, we'll, yeah. I loved it. Good. I, lo- sorry, I, I love the appreciation for Yuki Sonoda. Yes. Hard hoc approved Yuki Sonoda. I thought oh, he was man. mega this weekend. Absolutely mega. He was great, wasn't he? Uh, I almost missed that he was fourth, like in the madness of all finishing, and then looked up. I was like, "Oh shit, Yuki was was right up there." What um, a dive bomb! What a dive bomb! Honest, yeah, mega, wasn't it? Really, really, really good move. Um, but come on, let's get into it. The, the big fight everyone was talking about, the battle for tenth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, a uh, little bit controversial at the front. 
Um, Slightly. I mean, it was only controversial between the two of them once, wasn't it? Like the first lap, turn six, where yeah, I will hang my hat on the Lewis should have given the place up to Max because Max got down the inside and overtook him and stayed on the track. IMO. Um, that yes. was the controversy that was between the two, and that was my call on it. I yeah, I think because we were kind of discussing this in real time, weren't we, in the media center, and the fact that Max made the corner there. Uh, to me, meant that it should have been his place. I mean, Lewis left the door wide open for him, um, and then yeah, it just seemed it seemed strange. And to be honest, that would have been the big talking point of this pod, wouldn't it? If um, if Lewis had won, uh, but Lewis did really well after that. I think Lewis really did well to build that lead uh, and and stay ahead, even though he didn't pit. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, Lazar. Did you think it was a fair move by Max? I think that. Max has done that kind of thing a lot where he kind of dive bombs in and hopes that the person that he's attacking turns out of it. And on this occasion, yeah, you're right. He made the corner. And so I suppose of all of the incidents that we've had, he probably should have been given the, the better side of the coin and, and Lewis should have given him the point, but I don't know whether they were just trying to let, let them race. And so that would have been a load of controversy early doors, wouldn't it, if Lewis had to give Max away, which isn't a reason to allow it to happen. Yeah. Um, but then I guess if you're Lewis and someone's diving bum down the inside and you can't afford to crash because you'll lose the World Championship, then what else are you supposed to do other than turn out of it? Like, yeah. I, just, I, don't, like I don't I don't know. Turning out he did leave fine. the door open and he, and he should have known Max would probably do that. So that would be my, my, my take on that. I yeah, guess. and turning out of it's fine. It's the fact that then he should have just been told to give the place up um, because Max had legitimately overtaken him. Lewis then avoided contact because, well, at some point you have to. Like, if someone is overtaking you and they're on your inside, you can't drive into the apex. It's just not allowed because there's a car there. So I just, yeah, because Max stayed on the track, I just think it's, you know, what else is he meant to do? Like where? But hang on, don't, don't you think if Lewis had turned in though, they would have crashed? Yeah, but that's on Lewis then because Max stayed on the track. He was overtaking him. Like, I don't wasn't get... Wasn't it Lewis's line? I don't no, know. No, not I at all because Max got down the inside of him and stayed on the track. Otherwise, it's mm. like saying you can never overtake someone because you're going to be in their way when they want to turn into a corner. That's the thing. It's, it's starting to move into a grey area of, like, when are we saying, like, someone's earned the position or not? Like, and if it's not when they get down the inside and stay on the track, when have they? Like, you know, if... Essentially, if Max is alongside him there, if he pulls alongside with DRS and they are dead level going towards that corner, Lewis is on the outside, Max on the inside, Lewis cannot turn into the corner because Max is there. But if he doesn't hit him, you can't then say that's Max's fault. Max is overtaking no, him. No, but they weren't dead level though, were they? They were by the he'd apex. Really de- but he'd already decided by that point that he wasn't going to stick in with it. Lewis, no, no, Lewis pulled out quite late, but it's not just that. It's that, that because Max stays on the track, is my point. If Max miss it, doesn't keep his car on the circuit, then he's made that to me, that's an illegal attempt to overtake. And therefore, Lewis is completely fine to cut the corner and, and stay ahead. But because Max makes what is a legal one, uh, if, if there was not a right hander coming up, Lewis would have gone wide and rejoined behind Max. And I don't think anyone would have, you know, there would not have been an investigation into um, was that an illegal overtake? It, you know, Max put his car down the inside, took an inside line, it got him past the driver. It was, I to me, that was just racing. I, I was surprised, really surprised it wasn't actually turned around. I don't know. I, if I'm Max now, I thought he was completely out of order in Brazil and being allowed to take that position because he went complete, completely off the track and that's just yeah, illegal. Agreed. But then if I'm him with Abu Dhabi, I'm like, well, what the hell am I meant to do? At which point are you saying it's okay for me to overtake somebody? Like how much more do I have to do? So... Um, mm. Yeah, let let them race to me is that that's an overtake. If you say it's not, then that's not letting them race. That's 
letting someone just just jump out of a fight and keep their position. So sorry. And then they tell. all lived happily ever after. <laughs> Lewis drove to the championship, and it was all very serene. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, I agree. I agree with Meadows. Sorry, Lazar. Uh, I mean, that that's okay. You're you're more than <laughs> is welcome it? to agree. Yeah, <laughs> is that okay? Fine. It's never happened before. We've always been in agreement. <laughs> We're always yeah, just like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. No, I don't agree. Yeah. Like, wh- what do we do now? <laughs> is this the end of the pod? Uh, yeah, it's been nice, lady guys, but um, yeah, I might, I might have to leave. I'm afraid. Yeah, how dare you have a wow. different opinion? Because that is how the world works these days. Don't forget, you may not have a different opinion. Uh, yes. I will cancel you. You are ended. Um, <sighs> as Nate hinted at. We're talking about that like it was a huge controversy and it turned out it wasn't yeah. because it didn't matter. It wasn't, in the no. end. Um, what do, who are we going to go for first? Let's go with Barreto, things I just argued against and Nate really wants to go, so I'm not going to let him. Uh, safety car decision, the way that was all played and handled. What are your thoughts? You went straight to the F1 spokesperson, like it. Yeah. <laughs> He's not an FIA spokesperson, though, is he? That's true. This is the official F1 line on what happened. This yeah. is oh. not the official F1 line. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to clarify, that was me being a dick. <laughs> it's not, it's not, not the official line. But absolute clarity. Um, I think that there, it was disappointing, <clears throat> disappointing in the way that it panned out. I think that what I would have liked either way was just a, a clear decision either way. And it, we were kind of halfway in between. So we let, he let five cars do and just the cars between Max and uh, Lewis and then not the rest of the cars. I think that if he hadn't let any of them in or he had let them all through that, I think it would have been fine. He would have picked one way or the other, but because we kind of went halfway through, I think that's what's disappointing. I think the very fact that we're talking about it now is what's disappointing. I think we should be talking about how great Max has been this year and how great Lewis has been, regardless of who had come out in champion. And mm. we're talking about this. So I think from my point of view, it's just disappointing that it kind of ended like this. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's really strange as well, because um, Michael Massey kind of backed himself into this weird corner where if he wanted them to race to the finish, throw the, throw the red flag out, give them three laps, mm-hmm. clear the track. You, you know, there might have been controversy because you've given Lewis the, the free stop, but at the same time, you'd have said, well, he could have said, well, look, there wouldn't have been enough time for the unlapped cars to unlap themselves, which is true. Like, if it had done it all by the letter of the law, um, the, you know, what Mercedes, I think Mercedes has a strong argument in, the, in that it was a mess at the end because the rules say you've got to let every car unlap themselves, then you start on the next lap. What Massey did was, as you said, Lawrence, let a few go, then start at the end of that lap anyway. <clears throat> and obviously, they then pointed to the fact that there's that article that basically overrides it and says the you know the discretion of the how the safety car restart goes is on I can't remember the exact wording of it but is on the race director um, and John Noble at Motorsport pointed out that <clears throat> the same rule exists at the start light so it's like could could the race director just before the race say okay everyone the first three rows go on the third light when that goes out sorry when the third light goes on the rest of you have to wait for the lights to go out like <laughs> that's effectively what that rule seems to say and it's a weird one because if you can have discretion you could just make anything anything go what i would say is that that at the end basically set up a situation and i think red bull and max played played the end of the race really well like they kept rolling the dice and they put themselves in that position which is all what motorsport's about you're especially at a circuit like that you're waiting for that uh, that moment to come but what we had at the end was you had a guy it was like a 100 meter sprint race one guy has, you know, top of the range trainers on. The other guy's wearing like concrete cinder blocks. It was never going to end any other way than Max winning the race. And um, it just seemed like they were forcing it through for the, you know, for the 
um, for the audience. I don't think finishing behind the safety car would have been an unjust end to the season. You know, we had it in 2012 when it was Brazil, wasn't it? Paul de Resta crashed. They finished behind the safety car and everyone said, well, that's just that's just racing. You know, Alonso wasn't in the position to win the title. And, you know, there's always that risk of that happening. So I don't know that to me, it was a shame. And it seemed very, you know, people saying it was for Netflix and this. So I don't believe that. But I think it was very much like a we'll do this for the for the racing. And um, it just it, it left a really sour taste on what's been an incredible championship, like you said. Um, and again, I think it overshadowed Max winning. I think it it it's given this this kind of it's given Mercedes. I think they've got every right to to have protested. I don't know whether appeals a good idea in the long run, but they've definitely got a case. I mean, the rules weren't followed the right way. Um, and a quick one, just I'm sorry, I'm, I'm waffling away. But the the fact about the lapped cars as well is really interesting from the fact that that decision made a mockery of everybody that wasn't Lewis and Max. Because when you restarted, you had Danny Ricardo between Max and Science. Now, Science, I'm not saying Science would have got past Max at the restart. But if you get if you clear Ricardo out of the way, Science has a chance to overtake Max in the same way Max has the chance to overtake Lewis. And you know, with that pressure behind, you know, he might have locked up into one. You know, science might have got a good run. Like you just don't know. So what they effectively did was set up a two-car race. You know, Danny Ricardo was saying like, "What am I doing here? You know, I'm just sat watching this this fight, and I'm a lap down." Guys, he was in a fight with had been let. You know, had been let off to go. There could have been championship implications in the in the constructors' championship. So from that perspective, from an integrity of sport perspective, it was complete BS, <laughs> and it was really like it. It was, and, and and the annoying thing is, none of that is Max's fault and none of that's Red Bull's fault. And it's also not Mercedes or Lewis's fault. It's completely down to poor officiating. Um, and it's just, it makes the sport look a bit dumb because when you try and explain it to people, they're like, well, was Lewis robbed? You're like, yeah, a little bit. But also like, when you say that, it's almost people want you to be taking it away from Max. And to, for me, I don't think that's fair because that's just the way that unfolded at the end. Um, obviously, Lewis fans are irate about it and they I think they've got every right to be. Um, but it's difficult to know where to stand on it because, you know, like Max still won it on the track, which is what everyone wanted to see. He won it fairly. Um, but the way we got there was kind of, I don't know, kind of strange. Yeah, but, um, I, I'm in full agreement with you both, actually, in the sense of it, it really has pissed me off in the sense of we've had an epic season, two brilliant drivers go at it and both were deserving of victory. And, and I don't think there, there's always going to be people that said, well, you know, if both are deserving and the one that misses out, it didn't deserve to lose and you'd feel hard, they'd feel hard done by and we'd feel bad for them. But there was never going to be, and there still isn't any complaints about Max being world champion. But yeah, the manner of the way the race was created as a finish um, does leave a sour taste um, because it's, you know, it's quite ironic, um, almost hypocritical to me. Massey's pre-event notes warn the drivers like, any, I've got the quote here, any infringement of the principles of fairness in competition um, or uh, any attempt to influence the result of a competition in a way that is contrary to sporting ethics. That's what he's warning the drivers against doing. And then, like you say, he he create, he just manipulated the race situation to ensure that the final lap allowed a straight fight between Lewis and Max out on track. But A, did it create a fair one because of the way that they'd approached it, not knowing that was going to happen and the way they took their pit stops and things like that. Uh, as a quick aside, anyone who goes, well, Mercedes should just pit Lewis. They missed their chance. They screwed up. It's their own fault. No, if they pit Lewis, because they were fully... Max expect- stays out. Yeah. yeah, they were expecting that race to finish on the safety car would be the most likely thing. So if Max stays out, Max is ahead because the safety car picked Lewis up straight away. Um, but even 
from the lap before. Like Max would have stayed out and been ahead. And then the race finishes on a safety car and they've just picked Lewis out of the championship. So they can't do that. Um, and they're making that call based on how the rules work. And there's this, now there's this fight over, well, um, any lapped cars doesn't mean all, which is what Red Bull argued. Um, and I mean, I'd argue the same thing if I'm them. But in that same uh, clause or the same article, it says that, once the last lapped car has passed the leader, the safety car will return to the pits at the end of the following lap. So it doesn't say once you know the final lapped car that the race director chooses. It says the last lapped car. Now, the last lapped car didn't go past the leader, so that wasn't followed. And then they're like, when they say safety car in this lap, that overrules it. it well, it doesn't say that. Like That's almost like saying, well, then he'd already made the call to bring the safety car in, so we can't then change it after that point. So it's like, you're still saying you made a mistake in that sense. You're saying... Yeah, we, we just moved on past something that we hadn't completed and then that takes precedent. That takes um, priority, but that's still not an excuse for getting it wrong in the first place. Uh, and the other clause that Nate brought up as well about the um, race director having full control over the safety car, that's in direct relation in that article to the relationship between the race director and the clerk of the course. It's basically saying who's got control here. Like if the two of them want to do different things or want to make a choice, it's the race director that has control. It that article doesn't say race director gets to choose what the hell happens with a safety car. He still has to follow the regulations. It's saying that the race director is the one who will get to make that decision, not the clerk of the course. Um, so, yeah, I think I think there's so many grey areas in the regulations that have opened this up. Um, but I think the fact that we're still talking about it shows that it clearly wasn't properly handled. Um, I'm with you. I think it should have been red flag. Um, it was clearly pushing luck to try and get a racing lap in at the end. And then at the last second, go, right, okay, we're going to try and manipulate it so there's no in outside influence. Yeah, Max has still benefited by the safety car to have fresh softs, yeah. even with five cars to lap. That gave him a much better chance to win the title than he'd had before. Um, but the, yeah, the way then to say, well, we just want them to fight it out, because it, it was deserving. The championship was deserving of the two of them fighting out on the final lap. Uh, and whoever won it was deserving of winning it in that manner. But that doesn't mean you can just create it for the hell of it. And that's what seems to have been uh, such frustration. I, and I swear to god for anyone who's going to say you're being biased or whatever or you're all british um if this was the other way around i'd be feeling exact same thing i'd be feeling yep. that max and red bull were completely hard done by by the rules and i'd still then argue the same defense of mercedes in the sense of no no team or driver did anything wrong at all they played exactly you know it, it's the referee ref the refereed the race in one way and they reacted to that but they're very unhappy or at least one side are very unhappy about the way that refereeing went went on but you know this isn't yeah, Red Bull didn't choose for that to happen. Max didn't do anything dirty. Lewis didn't cheat on any front. Like, there was none of that. This fight is not between the two teams now, and that's what's even more frustrating, um, that it, it's it's something that's out of their hands in the biggest moment of the season. And, yeah, this is not what we should be talking about. And, like, yeah, that 100%. sucks. Like, that really, really sucks. And I get I get why it then annoys both sides, because Hamilton fans and, and Mercedes fans, or even some neutrals, are going, well, um, he's been robbed. Maybe I, you know, I don't. That wasn't the intention of Massey. I'm pretty certain of that. He wasn't saying I want Max to win this title or I want no. to screw over Lewis or anything like that. He was trying to create an exciting finish or let them race it out to the finish. But in doing so, yeah. uh, I think it in unfairly influenced what was going on. Um, flip side, you know, Verstappen fans are understandably angry that people are talking about it. But we've got to because this could easily happen the other way around. Or in, you know, at, at which point do you stop and you just go, ah, oh, well, it's good for racing. Let it go. And yeah, the, the millions and millions of pounds are ploughed into this sport by, by teams and companies and stuff. You need to be getting a fair crack of the whip, whoever you are. And Red Bull would be 
probably walking away from the sport if this had gone the other way around, like or threatening to, because they felt like it was unfairly influenced and cost them a championship that they deserved to win too. So, um, yeah, that it has it has wound me up a treat on that front. Yeah, and <clears throat> I have to say, what wound me up um, was you know in in that three or four hours afterwards was um, and I totally get that there was emotions and stuff, but you know I, I was saying like Red Bull were furious that Mercedes protested. And I said to a couple of people at Red Bull, I was like, I mean, you guys would do the same thing like you've just said. Like, and they're like, no, we wouldn't have done. We'd have accepted it. And I was like, the one thing you guys haven't done this year is accepted what the stewards have. Like, you know, both of you have been really upset with the way things have gone. And I think that is a key thing going into next year. There needs to be more authority on the FIA side making these decisions. There needs to be more clarity about them. And the teams need to respect. Like, if this is a decision, okay, fine. Don't agree with it. Whatever but I understand how they got there. And this year we seem to be every other race. We're like, okay, well, how did they arrive at this decision? Like yeah. this doesn't, this doesn't correlate with what we saw here. And, and, and the safety car thing was completely new, but again, it opened up like both teams could look at it. And cause Red Bull were like, well, no, like, you know, some lap cars did unlap themselves, like you said. And um, yeah, I think it's always whichever side of the argument you're on here, you're going to take the aggressively, you're going to like aggressively go to defend that side of the argument. Which um which kind of sucks because it wasn't really worthy finish of the season we had, um, which is basically what you just said, Medus. I just repeated it in my <laughs> in my way in my own way. Um, it's a shame as well because I think for I mean, Verstappen's going to be world champion. You know that's 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 never going to change. So fair play to him. Um, but really, yeah, this pod should be talking about, and we should probably finish it like that. But I think that this is the best F one season I ever saw, and uh, I. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but we might not see one like that ever again. Just two drivers like that. I did a um, interview for Canadian Radio yesterday, and um, they said, "Well, where does this rank?" And I said, "Well, if you look at like Senna and Prost, they collided twice famously over over two seasons. These guys collided three times in one year, and they had a bunch of near misses. They had a bunch of trips to the stewards. They, you know, you had all of these things that all these F1 rivalries had over many many years between two drivers in one season. We saw it all." And uh, it ended on kind of a farcical one lap sprint that wasn't really fair. It just, yeah, it's 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 been difficult to process it the last few days. I think we've had multiple seasons within one season, like in terms yeah. of the excitement, the, num- the number of exciting moments that we've had. And I think that's also to defend all parties involved, F1, the FIA, Mercedes, Red Bull, everyone's got to the end of the t- year and they're knackered. And I guess when you're making these split second decisions, in the way that, say, Red Bull weren't, you know, happy with the way that Mercedes handled things. Mercedes weren't happy with. Everyone's tired, and they're making these decisions. And you're probably not in. You're probably not at your very best. But I think what we're what we're lucky in is that when the dust settles, we were lucky that we've got two drivers who both deserve the world title. So whatever happens when everything settles down, everyone will respect the fact that Max deserved to win the title this year. Equally, if it had gone the other way, everyone would have respected if Lewis had won the title. We're kind of just in that period now where we're kind of just trying to tie up all of the loose ends and make it make sense of what's happened but when we do look back at it i think in the new year it will at least it's not like someone's won it and they didn't deserve to win it yeah i i I look at it that um realistically max shouldn't lose the championship here like nothing should change in terms of the result it should be what changes is this cannot happen again that sort of there can't be that sort of confusion or interpretation that is so um potentially manipulates the way a race is going to run just for making it dramatic or whatever um or making you know trying to make it exciting uh but that from you know the outcome of the season 
it, it's a completely fair outcome. It's it and in still, it's the right outcome from the way the race then did pan out. You know, Max didn't do anything illegal or wrong that needs punishing for the way he he won it. Um, he, he drove it brilliantly, and the two of them, like that final lap. That is what I want to remember. I really wish we were able to only focus on. But they were millimetres apart heading into turn nine, like at well over 200 kilometres an hour, nearly 300 kilometres an hour, like flat out going for the title together. Like if you could take a still photo, sparks are flying from the back of Lewis's car. They are side by side, two of the greatest F1 drivers we've ever seen. And luckily they're both competing at the very top of their game. And you've got seven corners of the whole season to go after 22 races. And that's it. They're side by side, level on points. You know, the one that comes out on top of this corner wins it. Now, we know that Max had the high ground and the better tyres and it came, and came out that reason. But if you take a still of that moment, like, yeah. it's incredible. And so frustrating that that can't be the focal point at the moment. And hopefully it will become it. But, um, yeah, I think I think when you look at it like that, yeah, I'm with you, Nate. I think this is potentially a, a season we will never see the like of again. Um, I really hope that these two teams are both race-winning teams and closely matched next year so it can continue. But um, I, th- I think I can't look past, like, e- like if we if we do sweep away the way it will finish, like Max fully deserving um, of the title based on never finished outside the top two in a race that was, that you know, that nothing happened in, if that makes sense. So there was only Hungary where he was ninth um, because of the start line crash caused by Bottas. You know, he was completely innocent in that and got a lot of damage and still limped home in ninth. And that was crucial because he meant he was level on points at the final race rather than parking the car and being two points behind and having a different scenario. Uh, and then the races he retired from, of which you'd say two, he had a hand in, whether they were his fault or not, he was involved in with Lewis. And then one, he had absolutely nothing that was his fault at all with the tyre blowout in Baku when he was set to win. Everything else is either first or second. It's A, it's unbelievable that that didn't lead to a title that was won months ago. <laughs> And B, yeah. uh, that just shows how good he's been. Um, he's he's been sensational this year. Yeah, if it weren't for Baku, he, he probably could have wrapped it up in Saudi as well. So I completely agree with you. Like, <clears throat> I think he was, yeah, phenomenal. And to be fair, like that's what made the championship so compelling was that the fact it went to the final race. I think is testament to how good Lewis is, especially these last like five races. You know, I think we all left Austin, Mexico, thinking we were kind of like working out, weren't we? Like, okay, well Max will win it here. He'll win these two races. Blah blah blah. And Lewis, I mean, even on that last lap, you know, he had he he had a massive tire disadvantage, and he fought as long as he could. And then you saw, like, once Lewis, uh, once Max stayed ahead at turn nine, Lewis's tires were just gone, like through that corner. The difference in grip they had was just insane. Like Max basically gained about a second on him, just it seemed from that from that exit. Um, and that's kind of how Lewis fought all season. Like when you know when his back was against the wall, he just he just would not give up. Um, yeah, and I, I I liked the way he he was quite gracious with max right after the race i'm sure he was pretty bitter about it and there's there's radio of him saying that he felt like the end was manipulated i'm not sure exactly when that was in the order of some people have played it like right on that final lap some people said it was right as the safety car you know stuff was happening i don't know when it was but clearly he would have been pissed off and i think he had every right to be but the fact i'm I'm also glad you, you talked about visuals i'm glad we got the visual of max and lewis shaking hands at the end as well i think that was quite an important one because i didn't want one of them to basically you know I, I don't know refuse the handshake or one of them say you know the best man didn't win today because uh, lewis quite easily could have turned around and said no that's you know that's complete bullshit i don't agree with it um and a lot of his fans would have said i agree but he i think he was quite i think he was quite big in that moment there was also uh footage of his dad going to of anthony hamilton going to max and yoss and congratulating them as well um so i'm glad that we got that bit of it 
uh, we got these really nice moments kind of peppered into all of this controversy and protests and shit like that. So I'm trying to focus on those bits over everything else because those are the moments that should have been how this title ended, regardless of who won it. Um, so yeah, uh, I think what, what what was your for you guys? What was your favorite or your uh, the the max moment that stands out for you this year? Um, damn it, Nate! I wasn't expecting you to ask that. I question. can I can kick off if you want. Okay. I thought. I actually thought Imola, when he pushed Lewis wide at the start, was controversial, I remember at the time, but it was the first time I remember thinking like, yeah, he's not going to back down with Lewis. He's really, you know, he wants to come and win this thing. And we hadn't really seen Lewis in situations like that before. First time this year when I thought Max could, could, could you know, could be the champion. I know he had a quick car, but it was the first time I thought like, yeah, he, he, he could actually take the fight to Lewis. Silence on the pod. Well, I think I think Beretta was ready to like just talk about why Max oh, had been so good or whatever, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm the same." I'm trying to remember that it was later in the season for me. Um, I think it probably Austin um, and the way he held on under pressure there and, and won a race that I think Rebel probably shouldn't have won, uh, even if they did get it right. Um, I think they were um, sorry, even though like Mercedes didn't get everything absolutely right out of their car. Didn't, didn't seem to nail everything and, and be on their A game. Red Bull were, but they still were under pressure and, and, and Max just doing enough to hold off Lewis. Both of them performed brilliantly in that race. But yeah, when, when you knew what was kind of at stake then and Max was kind of starting to look like the favourite, I think that was a, that was a big moment. And there'd, there'd been some a bit earlier when, like even the collision in Monza, stuff like that, like Max just didn't change his style, even when he was comfortably leading. Same like Silverstone, the, the collision that happened there. Like Max had such a comfortable lead in the championship at that point. He, in a sense, he didn't need to get involved in something like that, but that's just his style. He, he doesn't back out of it. And I loved that that never changed. It didn't matter when it was or what it was. Think of the move, genuinely, on Lewis' turn five final lap of this last race. Lunges from a long way back, throws up the inside, and okay, he knows that Lewis can't afford a DNF, but if Max, picked, like Max had the advantage, like it looked like it was a, a matter of time, but, you know, it was a certainty that he passed at some point on that lap better traction out the corner and you think he drives straight by sort of thing. But he went for it when he saw the first opportunity and, and like went for a hard move. And if he gets that wrong, breaks his front wing or something and hits the side pod of Lewis and Lewis can carry on without as much damage as Max, Max loses that title for that move. But it doesn't, it doesn't cross his mind, I don't think. He just sees opportunity to pass someone, I'm taking it. Um, he never backs out. And I genuinely, I think that's one of the most exciting aspects of him that I love it never changed. You never saw a conservative... Um, try and bring it home Verstappen at any point this season. And it's ultimately paid off, hasn't it? Because he's kept that approach and he's never backed out. But can you imagine if there was a moment this year where he had, and that's what ultimately would have cost him at this race, he probably never would have forgiven himself. And I think that's just the style that he's grown up with and the style, hopefully, that he'll continue because it has made it exciting for everybody. But I have now thought of the moment that I think, <clears throat> and it was Zandvoort because of the pressure that he was under for that whole weekend. Um, I was amazed at how he coped with that pressure and he could have easily cracked and it was coming to a point in the year where it was really shaping up to be his year and he, that that pressure and the, the expectation that was put on him could have brought him down and he didn't. There was not a single moment this year where I thought, oh, Max is starting to feel the pressure. He might, he might either be brilliant at hiding it or he genuinely doesn't suffer any of it. And I think considering he's only 24 years old, he's never fought for a title ever. And he, here he is against the greatest driver that we've seen since up until this point, and he's not cracking under the pressure. I think that's 
incredible mental strength. So we got to ask him about that uh, yesterday, as it was, as we record this. So he spoke the day after he'd won the title. Um, he did a Zoom call and was a little bit bleary-eyed and had been partying to daylight and yeah, was, wasn't feeling it. But he said that driving the car and testing today was going to make him feel a lot more fresh, um, which sounds like the complete worst thing I could imagine if you've got any sort of hangover driving an F1 car. Uh, anyway, before we start talking about Mark Webber and throwing up in helmets... Um, the <laughs> Barretto had a swig of drink just as I said that and it nearly came back. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Um, yeah, he uh, he said that he was nervous on championship day, that he felt it then. And I think that showed in the, the cramp he got on the final lap where he had cramp in his um, right leg when he was trying to be full throttle down the straight on the final lap. But um, I think if there was ever a time he showed any cracky under pressure, it was um, in Jeddah when he hit the wall at the end of his quality lap and perhaps... Yeah, just needed to calm down a bit because he had it in the bag. Or um, even with the way the racing incidents panned out between the two of them, um, especially the fact that he hit the brakes in front of Lewis, even if, you know, I don't buy it as like brake testing in the sense of he wasn't trying to get Lewis to crash into him. He was trying to get Lewis to go by him and was trying to get slower and slower. But those incidents, I think, were um, potentially like really costly to his championship hopes. They, They could have really hurt. And maybe because that was getting so intense that he just had a bit of a misjudgment on those. But that's the closest thing I can think of. You're right. There's there's nothing else that kind of jumps out of you uh, to you that, that's like, oh, that's that's where at his age he was struggling with the pressure. And I think that's been, yeah, amazing to see because that sets him up for the whole, however long he wants to race in F1, you feel like he is always going to deliver. And he was saying yesterday that, um, now that he's won the world title, anything else now is a bonus, which means that if there was ever going to be any pressure on his shoulder, that's all gone anyway now because he can just go out and crack on and do it without and know that whatever happens, he'll always be a world champion. And that's probably going to make him an even more fearsome competitor. It's pretty it terrifying for everyone else, isn't it? That he's just yeah. now like, I don't really care now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, agreed though. I think he's, I think he, you know, he, I think he's still has sometimes over the line and I think that's you know maybe something that needs to be addressed in the future but you can see why he's so popular because he races like that all the time so I mean as much as this has been great informed like debate and chat no one gives a shit really about our opinion on those versus Max they want to know what we had for lunch in the media center they want to know like what <laughs> we we're up to in Abu Dhabi together um we did a, we recorded a pod didn't we Friday and we were saying we hoped it wouldn't be controversially decided and sadly that didn't go well but those hours after the race were intense. Um, I don't know about you guys, but yeah, waiting, you know, protests straight away lodged, waiting to get reaction. Like speaking to Max, what was strange from my point of view was getting to interview Max as world champion, Red Bull acting like, you know, titles all done and dusted as they rightly should. But you knew the protests had been lodged. You knew there was a chance this was, well, you knew this was definitely going to drag on for a while. And it did feel like you were having to like, you almost wanted to say to them, do you want to hold it back slightly? Do you want to... Yeah, not go crazy. Like, can you can you believe it yet? Um, it it felt a bit almost unfair to ask them that, but that's how it felt like they should be. And then it was just people crowding around race control, waiting for team members to go in and out and do briefings, and yeah, different team members coming out and telling us what it was like in there and who was in there, and that there was a QC from Mercedes and how outrageous that was because Red Bull wouldn't do that. They came to race. Um, yeah, it was. It was, more, in a sense, more dramatic afterwards, I thought. Like, the tension then and not knowing what's going to go next. I don't know about you guys, but... And then trying to think what to do. Like, what to write? What could, what could you commit to as something to write or report on when you had all these unknowns that we're waiting for? We had that same thing. We had, you know, requests, like, you know, ESPN saying, can you come on and do a video? And we're like, well, at the moment, we're kind of... 
all three options here are open, really. Like, we don't know. Like, Max is the champion, we think. <laughs> but is he? Like, is it gonna? Is it going to go? Uh, obviously, Mercedes protested. And, and again, it showed you how different F1 is to most other sports because in most other sports, when it's one on track, uh, one on the pitch, you don't get a protest. You don't get to go and be like, I don't think what we just saw was actually what we just saw. I want a, I want a penalty. And it shows you how insane that is sometimes that like the world saw Max went on track. And again, you know, we've covered it. Probably shouldn't have finished like that. But the world saw Max win it like that. And then, you know, you've got like all the articles saying Max is champion. Maybe. Probably. Possibly. But possibly not. It could still be Lewis. Or could it? Could they do? Is it a time penalty? Like we weren't even sure like if the, if, if the stewards do find something here, what are they going to do? Are they going to turn around and say, yeah, Michael Massey, who we work for or we work with, you know, the, I, I, thought, I thought that was strange as well. At the end, you had stewards looking into a decision made by the race director. It's just, yeah, it was weird. And that was quite, that whole day was pretty memorable. But yeah, those last few hours, I agree with you, Meadows. I mean, we were stood outside together, weren't we? Outside of race control at one point. And it was, I was just like, I have no idea what, <laughs> I'm completely out of my depth here. I don't know what, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it was quite, it was quite funny having, uh, the way the two teams handled it as well. Red Bull were full attack. Yeah. They were like, this isn't right. Red Bull were like, this is an attack on us or an attack on the sporting democracy and it's not on. And Merck were just head down, don't really talk about it. Just, you know, lodge protest, going to go through the process. Um, Lewis yeah. isn't coming out to talk. He waited in his um, hospitality unit. And then we got the protest dismissed. Um, and I went to walk down because Christian Horner was then going to talk as, you know, confirmed champions now. And um, as we're walking down, you could see Ron Meadows from Mercedes walking back to race control with a sheet of paper in his hand. I'm like, that's definitely an appeal being lodged and managed to check that with Merck. And it was. But then Lewis came out. Uh, he was all changed and ready to leave and came out of the motorhome. But because everyone's crowded around Red Bull, hardly anyone noticed him. Like he managed to sneak towards the back of the Merck garage and he was trying to see um, Rosa, his press officer who he worked with. Um, he was looking for her. So he was heading towards the garage. And fortunately, she was already outside motorhome and shouted to him so he could come over and say bye and I assume that's the last time they'll see each other for this season. And and then Lewis was out of there and hardly anyone... You suddenly had some cameras chasing after him to try and get him, but they were a bit too late. Um, and it was, yeah, it was just it was so bizarre. You didn't hear from him, really. You didn't know if what you were covering was something you could completely invest in. It was, yeah, so, so strange. I don't know, Brett, about how, how you felt, how you had to deal with it, but it just it did feel like you couldn't quite commit to, to anything in, in terms of the actual final result. It was like time slowed down and everything was happening very, very slowly. And I imagine if you're, if you're on the outside world, you it probably didn't feel like that. But because you're in the thick of it and like you were saying, you're waiting outside race control, you're waiting in the paddock or people are just chatting about it, speculating about this, that or the other. It was um, it was like another race in, of, of, in effects at the end of the day. Um, I haven't really covered Formula One when we've had that kind of moment. Um, so for me, it was quite exciting to be in the thick of it at the end of a day that had already had tension for the minute we'd walked into the gates. So it felt again like another season within a day. So um, in that way, I guess it's almost apt that we ended this season, which has been the tensest that we've seen maybe ever in such a tense way. Can you imagine what Netflix is going to do with it? It's going to be massive, isn't it? Although, you know, I mean, we're trying to say that it's not for Netflix, but it is going to be incredible. I mean, I was, I was stood in the TV pen. I like we get paired up um, in terms of groups uh, so that you're with other broadcasters. And I'm st- I was stood with Ziggo, um, the local Dutch broadcaster, for the last two races. And that, their reactions are great. And the drivers are actually very entertaining when they talk to them. But um, Jack, who was their reporter asking the questions, was pretty crushed, I think, because, you know, they like Max, obviously, gets on very well with him. And, and it was their last race covering Formula One as well. They, the rights changed next year. So they wanted to go out with a Max championship. And he just thought it wasn't going to happen. 
And I said to him, this season can't end like this. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I can't tell. I don't know why, but, you know, the way this whole year's gone, it can't just, it feels like it can't peter out into an easy, comfortable win for one of the title contenders and, and nothing goes on. Um, but then didn't expect what happened to happen. It was just unbelievable. And then every driver coming in was, so Kimi was being interviewed by Jack when the safety car came out. And like Kimmy's eyes were like lit up and he looked at him and he's like, you know what that means? Like, I hope they've got the footage somewhere because he was like, even Kimmy could see it. was like, this is big. This is interesting. Um, and every driver coming through after that was basically going to Jack being like, congratulations. Uh, Fernando came to do the interview and Jack wasn't there. He'd run off to Red Bull to get reaction. And Fernando's like, where is he? Where's he gone? Where is he? Um, and then when Jack finally came back much later, Fernando came back to interview with him and was like, yeah, where were you? I came here and all the journalists were here and you weren't here. Uh, and he's like, uh, honestly, I was at Red Bull. He's like, no, no, you weren't. You weren't. You were in church. You were praying, weren't you? <laughs> or you were on the toilet crying. It was one of the two. <laughs> Tell me which one it was. Um, yeah, there was a lot of that. And and the, yeah, pr- pretty much every driver on the grid congratulated them, um, which shows you how invested the drivers themselves were. I don't know about you two, but I have not written anything about anyone else in that race other than a Red Bull or no. Mercedes driver um, or the fact that Latifi crashed. That's basically it. So yeah, um, ap- apologies to Sainz, Sonoda and Gasly. I haven't, done a, I haven't read a word about them. But um, you just can't after a race like that. It's it's just like it's just irrelevant in the grand scheme of the championship. Yeah. yeah. Well, when Fernando came over in the pen, he was like, "You don't want to talk about me today, do you?" Because that's all he really wanted to talk about was the championship. Even he was excited about it. So yeah, I do like. I think they'll all understand, won't they? Yeah, they'll understand. They they they'll, they'll love it. And what's bizarre though is they're all back here now. I've got, I'm gonna have to run in a sec because they're all testing, um, or a lot of them are. Um, I believe Lewis has gone to get knighted, so he couldn't yeah, stay in sure. test because of quarantine rules and stuff. Or you know, isolation when you return to the UK. He had to go back and uh, test and isolate until he was clear to go and receive his knighthood. But um, that means George is doing the Merc. Max is here testing in a Red Bull, um, which is just, it's quite bizarre watching him. He's, he's very chilled out. Yeah. He was in the paddock chatting to Yuri Vips, who's in the other Red Bull today in the young driver test. And he stopped him, was like trying to ask him how he was finding it and like have a joke with him and talk about the car and stuff. And Max was excited to see how a new young driver was finding driving his championship winning car, basically. Um, I just thought it was incredible, actually, to think what the scenes were like here less than 48 hours ago. And now it's it's basically just a massive set of forklift trucks and boxes trying to clear away a whole paddock at the end of a season. And a few drivers swanning around and doing a bit of tyre testing. It's like the complete polar opposite of what Sunday night was like. But um, it's gone quiet, so I think someone might have stopped the session. Oh, well, that probably gives you enough time, Medis, to uh, pack up your kit and head back to track thanks very much boys it's been an absolute pleasure the good news is hopefully next time we do this um because we'll all be in the uk we can maybe do it together um but it's been awesome thanks to everyone who's listening as well please remember to hit the subscribe button and follow us on our social channels you can read nate's work on espn.com medis's work on race.com and my work on f1.com We'll do this again very, very soon. There's some tremendous dancing going on between these boys. Yeah, we're not going anywhere. Bye. Podcast Network.